G'day legends, welcome back or welcome to the Noob Spirit Podcast. This is the first episode of 2024 and it's an absolute froth fest. It's uh, Prime Hall, he's an ex-Mavsoc Raider, uh, ex-veteran and the themes of sort of getting into the water and being around an awesome community are so good for your mental health and just um, building a good network around you. And uh, so that theme sort of carries throughout today's interview. But if you're new here for the first time, the New Spirit Podcast is interviews with spearfishing experts, authorities, and characters from around the world. Today, it's, as I mentioned, Prime Hall, ex-Mavsoc Raider. He's also invented a sport, uh, which is pretty cool. It's called it's called Underwater Torpedo League. And it's <laughs> like, if you've seen underwater hockey or underwater rugby, um, it might give you a sort of kind of a hint of what you're in for, but it's absolutely epic. If you want to go to utlnation.com, watch some of the sort of the shorts or the, some of the highlights of some of the underwater torpedo league games. It's absolutely sick. Um, if you wanted fitness for spearfishing, I think that would be a really great way to do it. He also runs Deep End Fitness, uh, which is like group training in a swimming pool, uh, doing all sorts of different exercises um, and People from all different walks of life come at it. A lot of people, obviously ex-veterans and stuff, absolutely love it. Um, today, the themes like ego, we talk about um, unhealthy stuff versus everyday healthy confidence. We bust into um, therapy. We have some real frank discussion about trauma in the brain, fear, scarcity, victimhood. Uh, it's wide ranging. Um, obviously, mental health is a massive theme and... Um, I don't know about you, but coming out of the back end of the holiday season, I, I feel like this is probably um, right on point for where we're at at the moment. So if you've had a, a, a tough time, I sent out an email over the break. If you are subscribed to the New Sparrow Floater email newsletter, you might have seen it. Before we get into this episode, a couple of quick shout outs. Casey Grimes uh, recently completed the intermediate spearfishing course. I had uh, Trevor Kitchen, Tom Sandstrom and Tim McDonald come over and help me teach that thing. It was so cool. We had a bunch of awesome people, including Cindy and Blaze on the camera as well. So Casey says, recently went through the NS Intermediate course with Shrek and Co. Couldn't speak highly enough of the experience and the way the course was run. Shrek made him, myself and the rest of the crew feel right at home from the get-go. If you're someone who is looking to expand your knowledge and ability for anything spearfishing related, this is the course for you. Check them out on spearfishingcourse.com.au. Um, really loving these courses and some of the frothers I have out on it. But um, hey, let's get into today's interview. Prime Hall, here we go. I used to get told there are only two certainties in life, death and taxes. But I found out that there are actually three. Score a free hat of your choice when you use the code NoobSparrow with every purchase of over $100 at noobsparrow.com forward slash taxman. Get some gear that's nearly guaranteed to drive away the wokesters, but gain admiration from the fishing fraternity. Go to noobspiro.com forward slash taxman and use the code at noobspiro when you spend $100 or more to get yourself a free hat. Again, noobspiro.com forward slash taxman. <laughs> Danny says, Adreno, you guys are ahead of the game. Price is very competitive, customer service is fantastic, speed of delivery from your warehouse is the best I've ever experienced, and everything I have purchased was in stock. Great experience, highly recommend these guys for anything to do with what happens and what you need to get under the water. That review from Danny, check him out at adreno.com.au. These guys do a fantastic job outfitting Noob Spiros from all over particularly Australia, but check them out at adreno.com.au. You can save $20 on every purchase over $200. Not only can you use it online, but you can also use it in-store. They've got two stores in Brisbane. They've got Gold Coast, Sydney, Melbourne, Perth, 
Check them out. They are doing good things. Adreno.com.au. Are you US-based, looking for freediving, spearfishing gear? Neptonics is the best. Their online website so easy to use. If you've got any questions, Jerry and the team answer questions via phone, email. Anyway, they've got an easy contact form on the site. Uh, these guys are absolute legends. And uh, if they sell it, they believe in it, they back it, they use it themselves. It's tough gear that works. Visit neptonics.com. Use the code NOOB10 to save 10% on any order at neptonics.com. That's right. Use the code NOOB10, N-O-O-B-10 on your next order. Save 10% at neptonics.com. Noob Spirit, we're in for a bit of a treat, something very different. Uh, I've got Prime Hall here. Uh, Prime, it's hard to break your career down into some nice little um, like bite-sized chunks. Um, you've invented a sport or, or co-founded inventing a sport, and uh, you, you're massively into deep-end fitness, which we're going to talk about, but um, huge military back- background, and now you're sort of, what are you doing now? You're an author, you're, you're a coach, you're running a couple of businesses, family man, so it's all going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, the main thing that I'm doing besides being a family man is uh running the biz or working uh on the business side of things with Deep End Fitness primarily. And then uh we also run underwater torpedo league through the Deep End Fitness headquarters. Yeah, sick. We're gonna talk about all this stuff. Um, I, I just wanted to say, like Adam, Adam wrote me, he's been a long time listening to the Noob Spirit podcast. Um, he said, uh, Prime would be a great interview for your show b- because he understands how to help combat depression, anxiety, mental health, and suicide prevention from free dive pool training and finding and helping to find community. Uh, he says, 22 war veterans per day kill themselves in the US and your spearfishing community um, can also give these guys hope and a purpose. Send him an email, bro. He can ed- educate your audience on the mental health benefits mm-hmm. of getting in the water. So um, I, I read that and I was like, Adam hasn't given me a bum steer yet, so it's great to uh, reach out to you and make your acquaintance. Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Adam. <laughs> man, I, w- I went to your website straight away. This quote sort of stood out to me from you. It says, uh, in this time of human potential, the difference between good and great is the mental fortitude, focus, resilience, and spirit of an individual. Talk to me about what that quote and sort of what it means for you and where it comes from. Uh, so the, the human potential, uh, term and the focus on human potential and around that is, uh, comes from working with a bunch of different, uh, types of individuals over the last, uh, five or six years since I got out of the military and, uh, in, in some capacity as a coach working with different individuals from even uh, business people to professional athletes and always uh, seeing that, you know, a lot of it is around human performance and optimization, but then like once you get into, you know, someone that's pretty, uh, pretty dialed in, then it, then you start to look at, okay, well, what's your potential really look like and how much of that do you feel like you've, you've reached already or what do you feel like is left in the tank? You know, so um, human potential is kind of, uh, you know, that's that that's the the mountain of life that we're all climbing. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I was young, like both my parents were in the military and there was this temptation to jump in. I think one of the major temptations to join the military is like seeing what you're actually capable of because you, you get 
put in situations and even the training is like designed to kind of squeeze you a bit and sort of get you to rise to the occasion and maybe fit a different mold. Um, is that sort of, was that part of the appeal for you? I, I remember listening to a bit of your story on the Sean Ryan show. About military? Yeah. Is it was part of the appeal joining about sort of seeing what you were capable of? Yes, for sure. And uh, that that's definitely part of it. And that's definitely why uh, I went into special operations once I was in uh, the Marine Corps. But I think when I actually got in, it was kind of survival mode, um, yeah. last ditch effort. And uh, so um, that that's how I got in. But I, I had I was influenced because I'd gone to military boarding school mm. growing up in uh in high school that was uh, a marine academy so we had learned all of the customs and courtesies and the all of the um the whole program and culture of the marine corps through that experience and so that's that was my natural uh kind of draw yeah right okay cool I, re- I remember listening like again i listened to your interview on sean ryan i really enjoyed some of the things he tugged on it one of the things that struck me too was coming out of the military, the rapid culture shock that you experienced as well in the civilian world. Now, today when you jumped on this podcast with me, I had to remind you of that being in the civilian world because I, sh- I uh, showed up 10 minutes late with technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. So, I mean, yeah, these days you're an author. You've started a new sport and we've mentioned some of the other stuff. Um, talk to Talk about what sort of put you in boarding school and what sort of what's, what's, what's been the major things that have shaped you as a person and given you a love for the water? Great question. Um, so I went to boarding school because I was living on my own as a young, uh, teenager and, uh, my parents had divorced and I ended up living in an apartment by myself for, uh, a year or two years. And uh, my grandparents came and saw the living situation one summer uh, while I was out of school and uh, offered to send me on a tour to military school. So a lot of kids are uh, forced to go there. And I was one of the kids that was volunteering to go. Um, And then what was the second part of the question? I guess. So you see. Oh, transformational parts of my life. Mm things that were transforming yeah. definitely military school. Yeah. And your love for the um, water. I, I think I remember hearing your mum was, a, your grandmother was a synchronized swimmer and uh, sort of introduced you to the water. Is that right? Yes. My grandma, Barbara was a synchronized swimmer. And then um, my dad was a surfer when he was growing up. So I was uh, in the ocean in the pool a lot. Um, and then on my own, I was in the pool all the time. Like pretty much uh, in the summertime when I was not in school, I was in the pool every single day. Mm. And I wasn't swimming laps. I was just messing around in the pool, jumping off the diving board and messing around. Um, So uh, that's how I kind of got into it. And then it kind of, it progressed up until when I was in the Marines and I was, uh, I would go to sometimes like when I was in special operations, 
we w- we would have very little time off mm. and you wouldn't and so we would be training all week and all nights of the week and then we'd get off you know and have very little weekend and so you have to get all your stuff ready for the next week you don't have time to relax and uh and so i would go to the pool at my apartment or you know wherever i lived and i would just go sit by the pool for like an hour or two yeah. and just uh that was your recovery kind of, zone yeah 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 and uh and so I've, i just always loved the pool and then i got to work at a pool when i was a marine you know after after doing like a a regular marine job for three years i got to work at a pool for a year as an as a water survival instructor and mm. then i went into special operations training mm. so uh when I got to work at the pool after being a Marine for three years in the infantry and like a machine gunner and having to just always be doing some type of grunt work mm. to now working at a pool for a year, it was like the <laughs> best thing that ever, the best thing that I ever saw at the Marine Corps at that point. So, uh, was that on um, base that, that swimming pool or is that off base? Or? Yeah. Yeah. It was on base on Camp Pendleton. So, who were you training in this pool with your marine survival stuff? Like, were you training like um, other corps members? Were you, were you serving like families, or was it just a general access pool? How did that look? It was all uh, it was all marines and sailors, so marine and navy personnel. That um, every year, uh, individuals or marines and sailors have to qualify for their water uh, certification. And then before they go on a ship, on a deployment that's on a ship, they have to check off and basically do the 30-foot high tower. So we had a 30-foot tower to jump off of. Okay. And then we had an a Olympic-sized pool with a 15-foot uh, deep end. Oh, wow. And so, um, so then, uh, and then if you want to advance your water certification, you can go all the way up to, uh, you know, the, the rescues and doing like swim, uh, the, the highest level is like four levels up. Okay. So people would come and do all their certifications there. So we would have hundreds and, you know, sometimes like a thousand or thousands of Marines come through in a month mm. to train because it was, uh, that's how often that, that the units have to recertify. Mm. Just to get prosaic for a sec, like and in, in, in sort of ride in the business of it. Talk to me about teaching people and teaching different levels of competence and then adjusting your teaching style. And I'm assuming that you probably learned a heck of a lot about how to teach during that year. Yes. Well, during that year, I, I really, like, I remember being super nervous before I, before I did my first briefing, whenever I did was an instructor for real. Yeah. After I came, after I was done with the course, even in the course, they make you brief and I was nervous to do that. Yeah. Me too. And so, yeah. But once I got some reps under my belt at the pool live and I started to get more and more reps, I started to get more confident. And then I started to learn more from all these different situations and be like, okay, well, this person was so scared and refused to get in the water, but then we were able to get them in and get them through each thing. What was it that got them through Mm. or what was it that got them to shift? And, and so started to kind of look at those things. And, um, we, uh, 
the big one of the big aha moments was just every time that someone was so panicking or freaked out, if you could get them to relax and put their focus on one thing, yeah, like the torpedo. That's why we use the torpedoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that it takes their focus off of themselves, and then they can relax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna. Talk, I want. I'm really looking forward to talking to you about the t- the torpedo yeah. league. I think that singular focus is a massive thing. So. When you're briefing these these groups of guys and girls, like um, sometimes with compulsory training, there can be a real pretty a pretty low vibe, like a low level of energy amongst the guys that are about to do the training because it's compulsory. Um, how do you sort of inject like your own uh, level of enthusiasm into these guys, or how did you sort of you know carry the group through with any sort of level of enthusiasm? Did you have any tricks? Is that where the torpedo come in? Yeah, it's really like um, breaking things down into small steps and just having them get to that next little checkpoint and getting them to kind of hijack their focus and put it on me. Yeah. Hey, follow me, follow me. And I've done that underwater too, where uh, as a as a trainer or instructor, and I have individuals that have never gotten a 50 meter underwater swim. Mm. and they're just mentally stuck about turning that I'll say, okay, just do a 25 turn around and then don't even think about doing a 50, but just follow me. Yeah. 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 And then I swim backwards and it's just, it's just focusing on having your focus on something else. So Mm. that, that was the, that was one of the keys, but, um, so, uh, I think that going into your question about coaching Mm. uh, since I started is uh, and sometimes I'm I'm doing a lot more coaching and sometimes I'm doing a lot more of like business Mm. focus, but the coaching opportunities that I've gone through deep in deep in fitness and UTL alone have been extremely invaluable. And uh, what I learned is that we started this program we started with two pools. I mean, now we have 150 pools that we've trained at. We have 30 active programs across the country. And uh, what I what I learned, and personally, as a when I was starting off, when we were all starting the program, and what I've seen, what I'm coaching or training other instructors now to do is like, um, when we started, it's like being a mechanic, mm. and as a mechanic, you have these like these nuts and bolts and these things that you that's just like a protocol that you that you go by and you there's no wiggle room you know that that's the that's the standard and like so when i started i would always print out my plan for the training day and i would laminate it so that it could be waterproof yep and i would always have like my all the nuts and bolts of the thing and then consistently and then what 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 happened is so the two kind of concepts are mechanic and then artist Mm. and so what started happening is i had these groups and then i started to have larger groups and then i started to have mixed groups Mm. where it was like 30 to 40 people showing up but there's like some professional athletes that are there for a specific thing Mm. and there's also uh, someone uh, that is has special that's a challenged athlete or adaptive athlete in a mm. wheelchair that's never done this kind of training that's there 
that's there's all these problems that are popping off and all these things that you have to deal with. Mm. And so uh, what I learned is that as it started to get to the next advanced levels, it was great for me to have that foundation. And I think you need that to be yeah. that, that mechanic for a little while, for a year to be that apprentice or mm. that, you know, figure out the, 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 the requirements tools and techniques. Yep. Yeah. The tools and techniques that cannot be avoided and that have to be there no matter what. Mm. And, and it's good to learn with smaller groups and then build and build. But once I got to, you know, for example, uh, 40 plus people coming in the door and, um, everybody having different needs and, you know, uh, some people having language barriers, some people not knowing how to swim. I mean, we had, uh, before the last Olympics, we worked with coach Marsh and all the Olympic swimmers with uh, team elite in mm. Southern California. And they have, uh, they were having Olympic swimmers from all over the whole world that were there. So there was all, there were a lot of them that didn't speak English, um, that needed, uh, that needed an interpreter to work with them, you know, you know, so, uh, all of those, uh, have been, have been learning lessons and like, okay, I need to break all of the rules that I normally go by and just flow like an artist Yeah, and, and run this and that way everything. And that's, what's going to get everything to the maximum performance. Yeah. I'm making some connections with what you're saying myself. Like, I think, yeah, you, you have to know what the prerequisites are, what, what the material is you need to get through, what requirements need to be met. And then when you kind of have them dialed in, then you're able to kind of change the order of things. You're able to inject some games. You're able to help people like um, meet their objectives without being really overt about it. And uh, it sounds like you, there's a fair amount of mastery in that process. And it sounds like you've, you've definitely walked that journey with, with training people underwater. Mm. Yeah, I want to I want to keep moving, and we're going to come back to some of the the stuff we've touched on. But um, you are a Marsoc Raider, which is uh, in a Marines uh, Special Operations Operator. Uh, you saw and experienced some horrific things, and there were some things from your childhood that you talked about on other podcasts. And you, you also fractured your skull when you were a young guy as well. Is that right? Yes, that's crazy, man. So, but yeah, you, you seem like a guy that is uniquely suited to talk about trauma and the brain and how it kind of affects people. Because a lot of people, like, particularly, like I worked in a correctional environment, so I've seen PTSD. My, my father was a police officer and talked to me about some of the horrific stuff he saw. But there's like, um, some people talk about trauma, like um, the experience of trauma, not, not physical trauma, as like a cup. And then it, it, they don't realize it, but the cup is slowly getting filled up. And then sometimes people overflow and then they have these, these moments where they just like are completely out of it. Um, but the, there's, then there's, you know, post-trauma, which is like the long-term effects of it as well. Can you talk to me broadly about your experience and understanding of trauma and, and how what you do now helps people that are dealing with trauma? Massive question. Sorry. Yeah, no. Um, I think from, you know, with what you said, the childhood, the childhood trauma and then, uh, going with going into, 
the military and the, the, the trauma and uh, stuff from overseas is uh, one of the biggest things I've learned from it is like the the victim versus accountability of it. And it's I, sometimes it's part of the process to get it, go through that victim side of it and, mm. you know, uh, and see things from the lens of like how, you know, how did this happen to me and all this stuff and why am I here? Part of it is survivor's guilt too, because some of the other guys didn't survive. So why am I still here and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, what I found best is uh, is looking at it from an accountability standpoint and that, like, you know, I signed up to do that and I knew that what I was doing and I volunteered and I went and it's not like I got forced to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I was trained and I was, from my life experiences, from everything, I was able to at least survive those situations. And, uh, you know, it's all by the grace of God, but that's kind of like you can look at it from from those two things and then the other part of trauma is the biggest thing is that comes to mind is the operator syndrome research study mm. so if you look up the operator syndrome research study they did a, a research on a bunch of special operations veterans and that they found you know one of the takeaways that i saw was tw- at 12 years of carrying that of being in that job and carrying that allostatic load of stress or that high load of stress that they all broke. Mm. And, uh, you know, I have my own personal experience of that as well. So, and, um, just, it, it almost, it's so all the time now, unfortunately, I, I don't even know how to say it, but that I get notified of another, uh, suicide within our community Um, and I just found out about another one yesterday, but, uh, one of the things that I feel like is, uh, doesn't work with that is suffering silence. And that's a big, that was like a big part of our culture in the Marine Corps was always suffering silence. Hey, it's cold. It's wet. We don't really have, you know, a good food or enough water for the next couple of days, but, you know, suffering silence, figure it out. And, uh, and so nobody, everybody got conditioned not to ask for help whenever Mm. they needed something. And so now that we got out, a lot of people kind of get isolated and then they don't ask for help. Mm. And so, uh, that's a big one is being, having a buddy system and, uh, having people around you in your family or friends that can be a support system that you can navigate the trauma with you know because it's a process i think from my own experiences of it and i've never experienced a theater of war but i think sometimes when you get stuck in that mindset it's like you you, you're in the self-protective mode as well where you're already feeling like you're hurting and then if you feel like you're going to talk to someone that does not understand you or or somehow like uh makes you feel like there's something wrong with you that can almost feel like you know it could contribute to it so is there an element of that like where guys don't talk to someone or don't reach out to someone because they feel like that those people are not going to understand them oh yeah that's a huge part of it 
That's a that's a huge part of it. And a, another part of it is the process that everybody goes through getting out of the military currently through the VA system, the veteran affairs. Mm. And uh so um you know it's uh it's like navigating the matrix because when you get out they're gonna it's a it's a disability game yeah so for example like i when i got out they had me on like 160 percent disability because i got blown up i had uh brain trauma and then they you know added up like my shoulder and my foot and my back and all this other stuff and equals 160 percent and then slowly they've been taking it down because i don't take any medications so they throw me on 15 medications right yeah. that if i took all those medications i'd be sitting here like this asleep yeah. and so i don't take any of them so what happens my disability drops every month so now that you know that or now that i say that you can understand how our this system is a trap because when you go out you're going to go through all these medical appointments and then that's going to get you your disability payment and that's going to be in relation to how much medication you're on. Ah. So it's a system that rewards victimhood because it's like, uh, even if you're a guy that doesn't want to take medication and you're trying to physically rehabilitate yourself, it's like, you know, that as soon as you begin to walk through that healing process, they're going to financially disincentivize that good stuff. So it's almost like you're financially incentivized to remain helpless. Yes. Bingo. Rugged, man. That's rugged. I find Bingo. A, I find a lot. It's a big conversation. I, I find this in general life a lot. Like, um, it's unfortunate. It's just a, it's a real strange one to navigate from a organizational point of view, you know, because you, I guess from the military's point of view, they want to make sure that they do the most good with the most money. But inadvertently, they are incentivizing people to never want to recover. Right. Ah, oh, that sucks, man. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's um, you know, like I I listen to Jocko Willink a lot. He's a guy that's inspired me. I, I read Extreme Ownership. I love a lot of his ideas about like discipline equals freedom. I think his narrative too runs counter to this idea of being a victim, you know, and I think a lot of your ethics are the same. It's this, but you know, like when you have a family to feed, when you have economic responsibilities and then you've been injured by your time in the service, you're silly not to make the most of the financial incentives that come your way when you do get out. So it's like this real catch 22 situation by the sounds of it. Yes. I love that feeling underwater when you pull the trigger and you know exactly where that shaft is going. You want something dependable. You want to put that fish that you've been chasing for a lifetime in the boat, in the cooler, in the esky, in the chili bin if you're in New Zealand. Why do we call all these things different names? Anyway, today's show sponsor, KillshotSpearGuns.com. Make awesome wooden timber spear guns. A fantastic shooting platform. If you've ever shot a big timber gun, you know the, the reliability that you get from these things. Uh, he mostly makes enclosed track spear guns. Visit him at killshotspearguns.com. Use the code NOOB to save $30 on any Killshot spear gun. 
Hey guys, not sure how you stay hydrated out on the boats on those long days out on the water, uh, but staying hydrated is absolutely critical to good, good equalization and looking after your body, making sure you're not doing those awkward one-legged kicks to the surface when, when one leg cramps out on you. Go to aqualite.com.au and get yourself a box of sachets. You just simply add them to water. It's less than $1.28 per serve. It's cheaper and cheaper and healthier than any other sports drinks on the market. Aqualite will make a difference in your spearfishing. Check it out at aqualite.com.au. Use the code NoobSpiro to save 10% on any order. Check it out. Aqualite, made in Western Australia. Got a sweet deal for you today, guys. Go to freedivingfamily.com and learn from Adam Stern and a select team of experts on different disciplines. There's Frenzel, Advanced Frenzel and Hands-Free Equalization, Mouthful, Deep Frenzel Equalization, Bifinning Essentials. These are courses that will give you the 1% that will allow you to improve. Use the code SPIRO to get 20% off any course at freedivingfamily.com. Again, that's the code SPIRO to get 20% off at freedivingfamily.com. Thanks, Adam and team. Love it. Oh, good, man. Um... So, guys that are suffering from trauma, right? You've mentioned like finding a buddy. How do how do you find a buddy? So, there's organizations that you could tap into. Like for us, we have uh, an organization that me and my partner Don run called Operation Resilience. That we have a peer to peer support network. So we have mentors that can we plug in to people that reach out, or you your buddy can be someone that you train with. It could be someone that you work out with. It could be your, someone in your family. It's someone, a good buddy is someone that holds you accountable and doesn't just buy into all of the things that you're telling them mm. no matter what. Yeah. Self, self pity is a massive one. Like I, I can talk from personal experience like that, that it's, it's easy to be a victim of of circumstance and experience and what's happened to you it's very hard sometimes to walk through it though it's painful yeah mm. so okay so we find a, a buddy um what else like even for people that are maybe from emergency services backgrounds or something like that but people that have have come out of some sort of traumatic backgrounds like so they they find a buddy, someone to talk to, um, and that's a lifeline for them when they are feeling pretty, like, you know, um, bad about themselves or whatever. What are some other? What are the? What are the next steps? So some of the next steps could be uh, seeking. I'll, I'll just speak for my own mm. uh, my own uh, life. Is uh, I have a therapist, so I go to integration therapy. It's a little bit different than regular therapy, but um, it still uh, does the same job. And uh, and I've been with that same integration therapist for like four years now. And I go in and it's very random because she chooses how long till we see each other each time. And it's okay. sometimes it's sometimes she's like, hey, I think we should meet in three weeks because I'm like having a lot of stuff going on. Or she'll say, I think you're, I think we're good. And, you know, let's, let's meet in three months. I am, you know, so, uh, but, um, other than that, I also do plant medicine, uh, therapy, psychedelic assisted therapy, and that's not for everybody. Mm. And it's definitely, uh, 
kind of a vetting process to figure out if, if you're a good candidate for that based off if you're on any medications or have any type of uh, behavioral yeah, uh, yeah. thing like bipolar or whatever. Uh, yeah. But um, I mean, I've seen that work miracles in people's lives mm. for four years now, um, including my own. So every couple months or whatever, whenever it lines up, if I'm, uh, if I'm feeling the, you know, the, um, under like the, the post it's kind of, I guess the best way to describe it is post-traumatic stress or like under underground underlying stress. That's feels like it's building up under the surface. I get it. I'll go and yeah, I'll go and do a plant medicine journey. Mm. And then, uh, I'll, before I do that, I'll integrate and basically, um, you know, do some type of like diet or, uh, so like fasting so, or yes, but mental and physical where you're like, you know, you're eliminating things out of your thing as you're getting ready to go and you're focusing on your intention. Um, and then when I cut, and then sometimes when I come back, I'll integrate with my integration therapist mm. about some of the things that, that showed up whenever I was, whenever I'm in the, the psychedelic assisted therapy. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Cool. I done something called, um, internal family systems, uh, therapy. And, uh, I've had a, had a mad time of it. It's kind of weird. A lot of these types of therapy, like you learn about them and then you kind of go and learn about them. And then you're like, Oh, this sounds fruity. A lot of it seems to be about the therapist as well. Like I remember back in the day, I went to three counselors, I think in a row, I did not like any of them, and um, but the you know the the guy I've I, I've had for the internal family systems, like absolutely you know just a great human being and just ha- has been highly beneficial for me for learning about myself and um, and that that's been great. I mean, when you experience trauma, that kind of ramps all of that up a couple of levels. I reckon. Yeah, and yeah, I mentioned the plant medicine, and I'm just I'm just being uh bringing that out because that's that's a a thing that i see with people that are in bad situations Mm. that works Mm. so in the worst case scenario that's something that i've seen that always works Mm. and so um but other things that also work that i recommend integrating into your life is like um a community uh for like we have deep in fitness communities Mm. and then we have utl teams so like i competed on a utl team this year i go to you i go to deep in fitness san diego a lot and austin and i was at vegas because i'm in vegas right now i was at the deep in fitness vegas yesterday Mm. and uh having those that community is positive for me from just as a personal level from all the trauma yep it's great to have that so so much community uh, to tap into as a from person to person. Mm. So I recommend doing that, like spearfishing community, mm. right? Um, and then some people also going to church or getting tied into some type of a uh, uh, spiritual or uh, some type of a faith based, um, you know, community as well, you know. It's, it's, when they're ready for it and as it, as it opens up. It's hard sometimes to um, to 
sort of become immersed in a in a community where you have deeper levels of connection, where you feel safe, known, understood to at least some level, and then it feels that's like an that's when you have this opportunity to probably be a bit more open with people and you can kind of vet them as well because you don't just tell everyone every, you know all your businesses but it's a, it's a, it's a gradual process for a lot of people like that haven't built that community and then they find themselves in the shit how do the, how, so you, let's talk about deep end fitness because i think it's fantastic it's a good it's a good place to touch on sounds like you guys have got these communities where people can kind of walk in and build this thing around them. So tell me about Deep End Fitness. Deep End Fitness is the the training arm of Underwater Torpedo League. And really, if you think of CrossFit at the pool, that's what Deep End Fitness is. And where our our expansion is very similar on the business side through our licensing program. So right now we have 30 licensees and or partners okay. across the United States. Uh, and we just got our first one um, in UK. It's oh, wow. going to be starting in London this next year, but uh, that that's all through deep end fitness. So that's underwater training um, at a community pool or at a public pool with a, with a community and a group of individuals that could range from, CrossFitters, military, uh, professional athletes, Olympians, uh, challenged athletes, uh, all all walks of life, uh, um, freedivers, uh, surfers, water polo players, yeah, uh, you name it. And then UTL is kind of the wild uh, uh, or tip of the the spear on that one, as far yeah. as the. The highest or the 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 people that that want to compete that also want are not uh because some people they want to compete but they don't like the contact of yeah. utl yeah and utl is full contact so that's definitely an as a part of it and and uh and so that's definitely way ramped up and deep in fitness is the feeder program that starts from the very basics of water survival all right cool well, i want to come circle back in Australia, we have underwater hockey, underwater rugby. These kind of sports have started to be fairly widely adapted. But I went in and I watched this under to- underwater torpedo league, and I, I I like it better than both of them already. Like I'm not I'm not trying to poo poo on these other what you know underwater hockey and underwater rugby, but to me, like the torpedo league seems like really exciting and fun. Um, but I can see why it's not for everyone. Like the yeah, for me, like coming from a bit of a rugby background and loving underwater, it's like, it would be fun. Yeah. And it's, uh, there's a video game in final fantasy Blitzball. Yeah. It's like a secret level. That's like what people think of UTL as, but <laughs> the reason why you brought up underwater hockey and underwater rugby, the reason why that we don't use fins and we use the torpedoes because we want to promote natural swimming abilities and we want people to use the entire 360 degrees, uh, you know, to be able to come top down, bottom up, and from each angle yep. to attack. Whereas hockey's predominantly played on the bottom. Rugby's maybe a little bit similar, but, uh, yeah, I'm not sure if they wear fins or not. I haven't actually played that. So, yeah. It is. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. 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 
It's really good fitness for spearfishing too, like in terms of CO2 tolerance and stuff like that. So you were talking about giving these guys like a singular level of focus as well. So that sounds like it'd be good for some of your guys that are coming out of the military to give them some like really hard competition and a singular point of focus. It'd, It'd be pretty cool. Ocean Guardian is the world's leading shark deterrent technology and the great news is they're now partners with the Noobstro podcast. You can save 10% on the Freedom 7 or Scuba 7 when you shop at Ocean Guardian. Uh, use the code Noobspero at checkout to save 10%. If you want to go there, easy, super easy, go to noobspero.com forward slash OG. Short for Ocean Guardian, pretty original, eh? Pump in the code Noobspero and you'll save 10% on your Shark Shield device. Get into it, get amongst it. Ocean Guardian are doing awesome things for Spiros. Are you in the market for a new spear gun? Killshot Spear Guns has got blue water wahoo tuna guns, open track spear guns, enclosed track spear guns, rear handle enclosed tracks. Check them out at killshotspearguns.com. Even better, I've got some good news for you. You can save $30 on any Killshot Spear Gun at killshotspearguns.com. Use the code NOOB. If you're in store, just say, crikey, mate. Or say Shrek from the Noob Spiro sent you, and you'll save $30. Ed Martin at killshotspearguns.com. Check them out. Equalizing problems can be something that derail you. Not today, my friend. Go to freedivingfamily.com. Check out the, either the Friends or an Advanced Friends or video or the Mouthful and Deep Friends or Equalization course at freedivingfamily.com. You can use the code SPIRO to get 20% off any course at freedivingfamily.com. These courses are put together by Adam Stern and a select team of, of, of legends and to help you overcome different issues and help you perform better. And some of them are extremely relevant for freedive spearing. Check it out at freedivingfamily.com. Use the code SPIRO to get 20% off any course. From the deep end fitness point of view, it's kind of like, so how, how does the structure work? Do people come in and they join a class? Is it one-on-one? Um, what, what does that look like? It's a, that's a great question. It's a combination. So we have private training at every location. So sometimes it's individual or group that's training privately. Um, some of those are first responder units or professional athletes and teams that train privately or individuals or families that train privately um, as well as the big uh, public sessions that that's the bigger groups that train like, you know, every Wednesday and Saturday at 10 a.m. or 8 a.m. or whatever it is. So walk me through a a public session. What, 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 what's involved? What would general session? We, yeah, we start, we bring everyone in. We, we get into a, a, a circle of trust. And we go through the circle because uh, we're doing underwater training and it's it's inherently dangerous if if we're not doing it safely. And so uh, we want to make sure that everybody's on the same page and that so we bring everyone in. We go through everybody's name and why that one goal that they have or why they're there, their intention for being there that day. Nice. Go around the circle uh, and then anything like that's where we find out if anybody has any, you know, doesn't know how to swim or has any medical concerns or anything like that. Um, before we jump in after that circle, we do breath work to yep. kind of get everyone. It's basically to get a warm up before we start the workout. Yep. So, uh, we get that in and then, um, 
we uh, we jump in and do a screener, which starts with water treading water and then you know going down to the bottom of the pool, clearing our ears, coming up, doing a uh, a brig toe across the pool. Okay, um, but we we train how to do that because that's the same stroke that you use if you're going to s- save someone. Mm, mm. So we like to train people to just uh, how to do that up, right up front. Nice. And then a 25 meter underwater swim. Wow. And so, uh, we train, we train them to be able to do that. And then, uh, the last one is a mask retrieval, which is probably, uh, the people find the funnest because they go down and, uh, do a Bob with their hands behind their back. And then they go down to their knees in the deep end and retrieve a mask with their teeth (laughs) and then bring it back to the surface. (laughs) What about for the, Poor buggers like me that are wearing contact lenses. We just have to sort of figure it out. You you keep your goggles on and pick up the mask. Ah, oh, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're not. Yeah. Oh, that'll work. Yeah, that'll work. See, we've had that. We we've had that yeah. too many times. So I, asked, I was ready right? for that. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. That sounds fun, man. And then what? Are there some games after that? What what's happening after that? Yeah. So after we get in, then there's some different skill building and like team building slash kind of workout. It it will build into some type of a workout that will last anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes uh, once, once it gets to that portion. And then after that, there will be like some little UTL kind of scrimmages if there's uh, the right crowd for that. Um, And if not, then it'll be some type of team event or some, some type of skill building or, you know, something fun to end the day. Cool. A lot of the time recently, there's been increasing issues with pools and liability. Um, and they they seem to like really frown on any breath-holding activities these days due to people going and training at these pools solo and blacking out. Um, can you talk to that a little bit and how you guys work through these issues? Yes. So we have actually worked with the Red Cross and the Research Advisory Council, and we've done some research studies that are published for us for Deep and Fitness. And uh, the uh, the biggest thing that the, the Red Cross, and they're in the process of updating all their breath-holding policies right now, and it's all around hypo- uh, shallow water. It's all around blackouts underwater. blackout, yep any any depth so but it's the same thing that's happening but um what uh a, one of the main uh causes of it is hyperventilation mm. or some type of improper breathing mm. before they're going under and so that that's the biggest thing so that's why we do the warm up at the beginning and then we always uh you know we never allow our anyone to to hyperventilate and we always stress not you know to breathe uh, natural breathing patterns before uh, breath holds. And I personally have done it. I'm a, you know, when I first started and I worked at the pool, I used to hyperventilate all the time Mm. before I would breath hold because I would find that it would turn off the signal that I needed air and it would make it much more pleasurable for the experience until I blacked out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I felt good all the way till I blacked out. Yeah. I never experienced yeah. the urge to breathe. It's like that's it. This is something we teach teach people as well when, when we're training in the swimming pool or teaching freediving and spearfishing. It's the same. Yeah. Yeah. 
Very cool, man. And um, so these are the sort of the larger public sessions and um, great for giving everyone a, a much greater level of competence and confidence in the water and, and fun too. Like, like you say, there's a community aspect to it as well. Yeah. And it's uh, the, the, the principles that we focus on are mindset, movement, water confidence, and breath work. Mm. Yeah. Fantastic. And so these are this these um these um are popping up everywhere by the sounds of it and starting to go overseas as well. Yes. Yeah. So this time next year we should have like probably 80 locations. Wow. That's cool, man. Yeah. So deependfitness.com if you guys are interested in in going to have a look at that. I'm gonna link up everything in today's show notes as well at noobspirit.com forward slash prime. Um, because there's a whole lot of stuff we're talking about, as well as the um the underwater torpedo, torpedo league as well, which is, um, I think the most fun looking underwater sport I've ever seen apart from spearfishing. Uh-huh. So, uh, huh. yeah, I really love it, man. Um, and if people want to check that out, it's utlnation.com. So anyway, um, deep in fitness. So you're expanding, um, you're training instructors up and then they're taking this, uh, this on the road, basically wherever they are in the country and overseas. Yep. Yeah. Sick, man. All right, cool. And the one-on-one programs, the small group stuff, like um, how does how what does that look like? Uh, the one-on-one is basically we have um, close to three hundred instructors that are spread out all over, and so they just if ind- people want to do private training or they have an individual need where they're training for a specific thing, and they want to do it outside of the group, then you know. So usually it's like in anywhere from an hour to two hours, Okay, you know, to, uh, and we also do private instru- instructor courses and different courses that we offer. Okay, cool. And, um, if people show up week in, week out, does it, does it change for, from week to week? Uh, the deep end fitness programs is a bit of variance. It depends. But yeah, there's always a little bit of variance, um, but it it's really catered towards the individuals that are showing up and what they say in that first circle of trust. If they say, hey, I'm here for a really big workout today, then yeah. and that might change if everybody wants a big workout and you were planning on doing, you know, so. Okay. Yeah. But sometimes you show up and everybody's like, man, this week was so rough. Like I just want a recovery session yeah. and, you know, so you got to just kind of play it off of what the, the group, how they're showing up, but it's so flex, it's flexible enough yeah. to where, you know, you can, you can, you can make it more recovery or you could turn it, you could ramp it up real quick by, because being underwater is a challenge. So yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's, it's easy fun to, to work with. Yeah. It's nice to have an yeah. intentional time locked into your calendar where you go and reconnect with yourself and the water. And, and if you're part of a cool community, then it makes sense. Yeah. Yes. What about for yeah. you? Have you had a go at spearfishing before? Uh, so I've done it while I was diving um, in Belize. Oh, yeah. And uh, they had the lionfish that were killing mm. the reef. Mm-hmm. And so uh, – the dive there, the, the dive boat was like, they're like, yeah, if you want to do that and you can get as many as you want. And so, uh, I had like, while I was down on the scuba, I was just 
nonstop getting all these lionfish. And yep. I had like three guys that were just giving me new, uh, <laughs> oh, new guns. Yeah. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't really have to do much on my own and I haven't, uh, but I'm not, uh, I'm going to talk at a free dive conference in January. Okay. And Set. my I need to get uh qualified. Yeah. Uh, for free diving. So Yeah. Um Where are you uh, are you in Corpus Christi or where are you now? Where do you live now? I live in San Diego. Ah, okay. California. Yeah. I'll have to yeah. hook, hook you up with my man Brett Whitman. He runs a podcast there called um Spear Factor. And um, he'll be able to put you on to a real good instructor in the area as well. That would be great. Thanks, he's, man. He's ex-military too. So he would be um, probably keen to take you out spearfishing as well, man. Okay, cool. I always talk to so, people I always talk to people when they get a bit older like you and I. Like you, you have a family and you have a business and then maybe you have another business and you have a job. It's like you're, you're only allowed one or two hobbies. Like you just can't fit everything in. Yeah. And the, the one thing that kind of is, I was in an explosion in 2012. And so, uh, ever since then, uh, when I've been diving like that, that spearfishing was before that. Uh, okay. But ever, ever since when I've been diving, like, uh, my right ear has a hole in it. Okay. And so whenever I, I can go down and I can slow clear and get down, but yep. whenever I come up, it's like, it, vertigo it's yeah it's 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 uh and so um i mean it's manageable but it's just not worth it how bad yeah. that uh you know what i mean it's like yeah. it, it's it's not a good experience so have you talked to an ent an ear nose and throat specialist about your situation yes uh because uh when i got out i got medically retired mm. and it was through the ear, nose, and throat clinic that they retired me. So it was like some 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 of them specialize in diving too, though. So they might have a workaround for you. Yeah. So what they did, <laughs> what they did before, because when I was getting out, I went on my honeymoon and I went diving in um, uh, the Grand Caymans. Okay. And so I had ear tubes in my ears then. Okay. That are not in now. Ah, yeah. And so the ear tubes were in, and I had like a special uh, thing that covered my ears when I dove. Ah, okay. Wow. Um, it's wow. incredible. Yeah, but uh, but those ear tubes are out now, so it's like it kind of helped a little bit because uh, since the the ear tubes came out, my clearing has been a lot easier. And if water gets in your ear when you have ear tubes, it's the most horrible pain. Yeah. Well, like it's horrible. Yeah. So, and I'm in the pool so much that it's not worth it for me to have ear tubes in all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I hear what you're saying. Cool. If your buddy had a blackout on your next beer fishing trip, think what would the outcome of that be? Do you know how to revive someone from a blackout? Would you even be in a position to do something about it? Or would you be diving, chasing after a fish as your buddy sinks down to the bottom of the ocean? Do you know where most blackouts happen? Do you know what you can do to minimize your risk of having a blackout? My name is Ted Hardy, and I'm the founder of freedivingsafety.com. In my free online course, you will learn the truth about shallow water blackout, the myth of, I don't push myself, I know my limits, I'm in tune with my body 
how to minimize your risk of having a blackout, and most importantly, how to save your buddy's life if they have one. Visit freedivingsafety.com to sign up for your free course today. Dive safe out there. It's just not even that hard. Freediving for Spearfishers at howtofreedive.com will help you to extend your breath hold, understand your body better, and put you in a better position when you actually get to go out spearfishing. This program is not for noobs, as this program is for people who have some diving under their belts and understand some basic spearfishing safety, but it's perfect for spearos who want a guided, easy to follow and complete program with videos, a clear process, and a set goal. The five-minute freediver works. Get started for free and see if it's for you at howtofreedive.com. There's a tester there. Use the code NOOBSPERO, N-O-O-B-S-P-E-A-R-O to save some money if you do decide to purchase. Check it out at howtofreedive.com. Freediving for spearfishers, a fantastic way to prepare, especially if you've got a big trip coming up. Get to that five-minute mark, and it does translate to your diving at howtofreedive.com. So earlier we were, we were, I felt like we were talking about guys finding community and stuff like that have experienced trauma and people that are having issues now. We talked about like theory, therapy, finding a buddy and reaching out and joining a community. We talked about faith-based ones or even the deep end fitness stuff like or spearfishing community, somewhere where you can connect with people at a deeper level. Um, do you feel like that's a good sort of three steps to take for these people that are stuck in these situations? So I really want to just serve them for a second if we can. Yeah. The most profound way to, that I look at it is that if there, if we were overseas and there was a bad guy and we were going to, you know, go and capture him mm. or kill him or whatever the situation is, there's the, we're going to go and basically surround his whole village. And then his, we're going to cut him off from all of his resources is the first thing. Yeah. Right. Eh? So if we're going to do that, then after we cut him off from all of his resources and no one can get in or out ever again, now everything's downhill for that, for that individual until we get him. And so that knowing that I try to tell my friends, please don't isolate yourself and cut yourself off from all your resources, you know, and go and live in your own head out in the middle of nowhere, you know, stay connected, stay on the other side and stay connected um, as much as you can. Yeah, nice. It's a really interesting way to look at it from the opposite perspective. Like, yeah, that's powerful. Yeah. And um, always, um, damn. Yeah. Phone, you know, it's like, who wants to be a millionaire? Uh, phone a friend phone a phone a friend (laughs) and uh but but on a serious note having people that are there that are there no matter what yeah yeah at least one that's all you need to like you know but the other part of it is managing where you're at and trying to stay ahead of the curve Mm -hmm. and doing maintenance on a daily, weekly, monthly, end of year, beginning of new year, all the time, so that you don't get to that full in the red blackout, yeah. you know, point. I know, I know, like I've I've had parts of my life where I'm definitely carrying way, way, way too much stress. And when I was younger, particularly, I'm getting better as I get older, but I I would be extremely disconnected 
to what my real underlying emotional state was. So I would be carrying around like ramped up stress, high, super high level cortisol, and I would just be functioning, trying to get all of the things done that I needed to get done every week. And someone put me on to, actually it was from a podcast, it was the Tim Ferriss podcast, it was um, a mindfulness app, um, Headspace. And I did the the ten day challenge. Basically, it was free. You did these ten days, and I was always kind of like, "Oh, mindfulness sounds pretty woo woo," you know. And um, but what it did was just for doing these simple ten minute meditations, if you like, was I started to realize like what I was carrying around underneath my day to day stuff, and like it was so good to know that I I'm actually really stressed out today probably don't want to make super big decisions. And then if I went to make a rash decision, I was able to kind of go, hang on, am I making this decision from a good place? Or, And that just that level of reflection I hadn't really had before. And I, I feel like maybe it's a, a male thing, maybe it's a young male thing. We're not really aware of what we're carrying around with us from day to day. So you're talking about maintenance. Is this something that you would do, like a mindfulness type thing? How do you check in with yourself? Uh so beginning of the day, every day, check in before touching your phone or anything that's going to create you being in a uh, re reactive mind, you know, mm. a way of being that you check in with yourself and, and see what, where you're at and where, what your intention is for that day. What do you want to create that day? Um, and then start your day. And then at the end of the day, check in on what was the, biggest thing that happened today or the top three things, you know, that I'm grateful for that happened today. Um, so in do a you, recap, do you like do this formally, like in a journal or is this just a mental exercise or discipline? So it's like the, what we said at the beginning with the mechanic and then the artist is yeah, yeah. when I used to have the, the five minute journal, which is on, you could buy it anywhere, but, um, simple five minute beginning of the day, end of the day, every day, similar, similar type of, uh, flow. Mm. And so I just, I started doing kind of a modified, uh, expedited version of my own. Okay. Nice. Nice. All right, cool. So that, that sounds like a great way to, to just stay on top of things. And that way you have that level of awareness. Yes. If you're not really aware that you're carrying around a toxic level of stress, you can have pretty destructive relationships and not even really realize it. Not a great way to go to work. No. <laughs> yeah, and you're then you're already in the red. So, and I mean, some some people just or some people put themselves in situations that are really uh, challenging because they don't have the tools to communicate to get themselves out of it. Mm. You know, I know one of my buddies that broke up with his girlfriend and she was still living in his house. (laughs) (laughs) And so every time he would walk by, she's like, you know, uh, it like, anyway, the, the moral of the story was he, we had to, we had to support him to tell her that she needed to move out because that was his house. Yeah. And, uh, and that that would have been free, but if he, he never wouldn't have gotten that support, he could have possibly, uh, gone down the op, the, the, the bad end of that, uh, experience. Yeah. 
the got off the deep end because he was losing his mind because she was still there and he didn't have the tools to tell her that yeah. it was his house and she needed to leave. I feel like there's a proverb like that too. It's like a harsh word from a friend or a criticism from a friend is better than like, you know, compliments from an enemy. Like, but sometimes it's like your mates are the ones that need to give you the hard word to like make those hard decisions and stuff. Exactly. A um, couple more quick questions, man. And then I want to find out and, and, and let people know how they can connect with your prime and, and uh, all of the stuff we've talked about. Um, ego. Um, ego is a massive issue, particularly in our male-dominated worlds. Um, lots of girls doing spearfishing now too, and lots of women in the military as well. But um, ego seems to be a pretty common issue. Like, can you talk to me about your journey with ego? Like, um, unhealthy stuff versus you know what I perceive as like everyday healthy con- uh, confidence. What's your wrestle been with this, and how do you recognize it in others, and and then maybe talk to that. Well, um, like the ego in the military culture has always been really, really huge. And that's part of the survival, uh, security mindset, scarcity mindset and survival mode that a lot of military members are in. As I've gotten out, I've kind of noticed that, uh, with myself, like when my, when my ego was the worst, it was whenever I was in the victim mode of all the trauma. Okay. And so it, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting how that that's related, but mm. what I've, what I've seen over the last couple of years, just with all the suicides in our community is that there's less and less ego now because people are like so distraught and mortified or horrified from all the suicides that have happened from people that made it out of the wars but then came home and couldn't live with whatever happened in the wars and then committed suicide. Mm. So that, um, I think that, uh, there's this phrase, ego is not your amigo, Mm. but, uh, you know, you need it in a certain extent, like you pointed out everyday confidence, walking into a competition or something like that. Like, there's definitely points and and also as a shield to protect you from everyday life and things that are happening. But uh yeah, it's a it's a growth it's a growth point because some people that do the plant medicine work or something, they go the first time and they say, Oh, well, my ego has disappeared. I don't have it anymore. It's like, nah, it's not true. <laughs> This is hiding from you, man. It's coming back. Yeah, yeah, it's coming right back. That's a never-ending one, that one. Yeah. I think as a young guy too, like, you know, like um, women are attracted to uh, confidence and sometimes however that confidence manifests itself, whether it's this puffed up sort of BS ego or it's actual real confidence. And sometimes I think young women don't know how to distinguish the two. We also don't really understand either because I think sometimes with men, it's like, um, like I always hear a lot of this fake it till you make it. And sometimes I feel like it's, it's a bit of bullshit too. Like if you, but I don't know, there's situations where you just have to, you have to fake it because like it, it's required of you to at least have the appearance of a level of competence. Right. So delicate old one to walk that one. That's why I thought I'd ask you about it. Sean asked you about forgiveness. 
how are, how important is forgiveness to you and where are you at with the various people that have hurt you in your life? Uh, man, that's, I saved the toughest deep, till last. <laughs> that's a deep question. So, uh, like really far along this year I had, uh, so I'm, I'm in communication with everybody on both sides of my family, my mom's side of the family, we're a lot closer, but my dad's side of the family, I just had a family reunion mm. for, for everybody, uh, which is like the first time in my whole life that I've ever seen that, uh, cool. which was cool. Uh, and, uh, and so, and I'm still working on, on some, but what I found is that uh, obviously the, the plant medicine helps with forgiveness because uh, it opens up new perspective and it puts you in a new uh, state of, um, you know, there's an Einstein quote that a problem can't be solved in the same level of consciousness that it was formed in. Okay. And so sometimes you need to get out of your own head and change your perspective and whatever else to to, to make a change. One thing that's been supportive for me is, uh, doing different competitions or, uh, sparring and like doing martial arts training and that, uh, putting myself in, into challenging situations and having that constantly coming up where it's like, I have a competition tomorrow here in Vegas. That's a jujitsu competition, um, worlds that I've been training for all year. Oh, wow. So it's like, but my training for worlds is there's a lot of reasons why I, why I wanted to compete, but the, the, the things that has been really interesting through the process of the last couple of weeks is that it's allowed me to find some extra forgiveness that I didn't have that I was holding on to before, because I've been in the mindset of like, well, what else, where else am I giving away energy? Because I need to focus on the tournament, mm. you know? And it's like, well, I'm, holding on to this thing or that thing. And so it's a good chance to look at myself and, and make some changes and, uh, you know, send it, send some messages and have a few phone calls. And, uh, and, and then on the other side of it, it's like, wow, I don't know how that person feels, but I feel great because I'm not holding on to any of it anymore. Yeah. Nice. That's cool. And jujitsu, um, and you know, like your, the pool training groups that you're doing, the uh, deep end fitness stuff, underwater torpedo league. I think these, these like, and spearfishing as well. Like I see a lot of ex-veterans that love spearfishing. It's like, there's a couple of boxes ticked, I think, for people that are ex-veterans. It's like community, an intense point of focus, and then generally like there's a physical capability aspect to it as well. W- would you agree with all those? Yes. Yeah, cool. So with your jiu-jitsu tournament, is that gi, no gi? What, what, um, what are you doing? No gi. Oh, sick, man. And you be open weight because you look like a bigger unit. Yeah, I'm 200 or 202. Wow. That's going to be cool, man. Yeah. I hope you, I wish you yeah. best for that. Yeah, thanks, man. So I compete tomorrow at 1.30. How long have you been uh, doing, doing that for? Uh, competition's not long about a year but uh maybe a year and a half but uh yeah training jujitsu on and off for the last 10 years wow wow so very cool man but 
it gives me something new to do and focus on and uh, that's good for my mental health. Cause a lot of times I'll go to jujitsu at 6am yep. and then I'll be relaxed and in good mental health for the rest of the day after that. Mm. So it's great. This podcast is brought to you by aqualite.com.au. This is the best solution bar none for staying hydrated in the ocean. If you're a Spiro, it's an absolute no-brainer. It's a game changer. If you're doing extended trips and the cramp starts to set in and uh, the old body's telling you, hey, that's enough, just get hydrated and it will save you a whole heap of woe. It's a groundbreaking product that can help you to stay hydrated. It's got low sugar, it's less acidic than other options on the market, it's rapid absorption, help you to maintain performance. Dehydration of just one to 2% can affect your mental and physical performance by up to six or 7%. And as when you're spearfishing, you can tell when dehydration is starting to affect you because the equalization goes out the window. Get Aqualite at aqualite.com.au. It's scientific rehydration that Spiros know and trust. I know because one works there, and that's why we've set up this discount code for you. 10% off when you use the code NoobSpiro at aqualite.com.au. Check it out. Australian-made hydration products tailored for Spiros and a whole bunch of other people that suffer from dehydration too. But check it out at aqualite.com.au. Use the code NoobSpiro to save 10%. Oldmanblue.com.au. You can't cheat experience, you can't fake passion, and damn, Old Man Blue can make gear that will last and stand the test of time. Check it out at Old Man Blue Dive on Instagram. Last thing I wanted to touch on with you before we head on out, Prime, is um, you've written a book. I think it's um, highly relevant to Sparrows of all levels. It's called The Free Your Mind Guidebook, um, Become a Better You. Um, you've developed this program that's been designed, tested and utilized by some of the best sort of athletes in the world, including MMA fighters and stuff like that. Um, Talk to me about what people can learn about when they get into this book. So the, the, the program that we use, the system that we use in the pool is the free system, which is the free your mind guidebook is based off that system of focus, relaxation, economy of motion, efficient breathing. Yeah. So in there, it just, it flows through those four concepts and gives you a, a month long program for you to go through your life and basically see what it is that's creating flow and where it is that's creating drag, what your strategic goals are and where you want to, where you want to make some changes and, and kind of what you're committing to moving forward. So it's all about kind of the human potential aspect and starting to scratch the surface and look at and become aware of, okay, what do I really want? What's holding me back? Do an assessment for at least a week of your life Mm. and assess where the drag's coming from. Sounds like a good book for the new year. I think this this, episode is going to go live uh, right at the start of 2024 prime. So Free Your Mind Guidebook. It's up on Amazon. Uh, sounds like a good way to start the year and and get a bit get a get a good start to the year for sure. Yep. Awesome. Hundred percent. And then uh, I, I'll have another book coming out next year called Unlocking Flow. Yeah. Nice. And uh, that should be out mid next year. Have you read um Stephen Kotler's books on the flow as well? Uh, I know of them. Um, I haven't. I don't. 
some good stuff. What's the main one that you're talking about? Oh, I can't remember. I read one a while uh, ago. But yeah. I'm looking it up. I'm Googling it furiously. Oh, I can't remember, man. He's yeah, got... You make a lot of noise when you type. <laughs> it's like bam, 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 bam. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's the like people that listen to the podcast regularly are, are used to my level of uh, or lack of lack of technological savvy. Um, he's got something called the Flow Research Collective. I, I can't remember what his book's called, but as part of their email um, circuit for a while, and I think he's in your part of the world. So, sweet. Um, yeah, cool. Awesome, Prime. Well, um, as I mentioned, I'm going to link up everything in today's show notes at noobspirit.com forward slash prime. Uh, we talked about the Underwater Torpedo League. If people just want to Google that, they'll find a heap on that. And deependfitness.com is kind of like our main jumping off point for learning about all of this stuff. But uh, Prime, an absolute pleasure to chat with you today, man, and um, really enjoyed it. And uh, it's cool to get off the spearfishing train for an episode and just explore a little bit more about dealing with trauma, mental health, and then some alternative um, training in the water. And I think um, deep end fitness sounds like a great way to get more people involved in the water and enjoying the benefits of, of, uh, of some of the stuff that we do in there. hundred percent. Cool. Are you on social media prime? Yes, I am. So deep end fitness, underwater torpedo league. And then mine is prime time, prime time, prime underscore time. Okay, cool. And, uh, on on linkedin and then my email for anybody is uh prime at utlnation.com perfect awesome prime well mate great to chat with you today uh really enjoyed it thanks for having me brother have a great weekend hey guys hope you enjoyed a different kind of conversation really for the noob spirit podcast i I felt like prime hall was uh, an amazing dude with a really powerful story and some cool lessons to carry with us into 2024. Um, in two weeks' time, we're in for a treat. It's Maddie Turner. It's another different kind of podcast. Um, this guy is no, he's definitely not a spearfishing expert yet, but he's an absolute frother. He's got some great natural ability. Come and join me on a recent course. Maddie runs um, Becoming a Bow Hunter podcast. So we talk all about how to get started bow hunting. So two very different episodes to kick off 2024. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, if you love the Noob Spirit podcast, I would definitely encourage you to jump on patreon.com forward slash Noob Spirit and consider supporting the podcast on an episode by episode basis. There's uh, more than 40 frothers helping to put fuel in the Noob Spirit outboard. All of that money goes to funding trips like the one I'm about to do over to WA to compete in the um, Australian Spearfishing Champs with Tom Sandstrom. And then I'm heading up north to dive the Abrolis Islands with Bert Calder, the Old Man Blue. So thanks to the patron legends powering the Noob Spirit podcast. For, for this week, I'm over and out, but see you in two weeks. It's Maddie Turner becoming a bow hunter. We talk about how to get started bow hunting. So I'll see you there. Peace. Are you a vegan? Do you find yourself easily offended? Fuck the tax man is definitely not for you. It's tongue in cheek to the absolute max. This is a fishing brand unlike anything else out there made for our fishing community by Ryan, who is a legend for show just like you and me. Use the code NoobSpirit to score a free hat of your choice at noobspirit.com forward slash taxman when you spend $100 or more. Flip the lid on self-censorship and get your froth on with Fuck the Taxman. Again, use the code NoobSpirit to score a free hat of your choice at noobspirit.com forward slash taxman when you spend $100 or more. Boom. 
Adreno stocks equipment for noobers. The gear you need for all things freediving and spearfishing. The Adreno spearfishing team froth on helping customers learn about the latest in spearfishing equipment, local diving, upcoming trips and events for Spiros of all levels of experience. There's no ego in there. You're going to meet cool people that love this spearing lifestyle as much as you do. Visit them in store in one of their huge mega stores around Australia. Chat to one of their friendly team members. Take advantage of the Noob Spiro discount code. Save $20 on every purchase over $200 in store, online, easy savings. Pump in the code Noob Spiro if you're shopping online or in store. Mention it's one of their friendly team members and save $20 over $200. That's right, use the code Noob Spiro in store. Shop with Adreno, our partner for more than 200 episodes. Buying gear online can be tricky. You ask yourself the same questions. Will it arrive on time? Is it actually what I want? How much is the shipping going to cost? Great news, the name you can trust is Neptonics. Neptonics, solid gear that works. Visit Neptonics, buy tough gear. Use the code Noob10 to save 10%. That's right, use the code Noob10, N-O-O-B-10 to save 10% on your order at neptonics.com. Neptonics.